On this episode of the Fantasy Football Show podcast, I interview Fantasy Couch, and we talk about sleepers, breakouts, bull predictions, and draft strategies. Players talked about Todd Gurley, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, and more. Here we go. In the news right now, Todd Gurley and the fact that he's the biggest risk, in my opinion, in 2019, you think people would kind of be at least on board with that thinking or be a little cautious of him, but he still has a first-round ADP, which is kind of head-scratching to me given he's never rebounded. He played very bad in the Super Bowl. Um, he's had knee injuries in the past, and there's a lot of shadiness going around his injury and what's going on with him. And then there's a recent video uh, as of Wednesday night from TMZ of him limping out of a restaurant. Some people say he was not limping. He was walking funny. Um, to me, there was a clear point where he was definitely dragging his leg a little. I want to know your take on that video and what it means and did it change anything for you. And I also want to know, do you have Todd Gurley as a bust as well, somebody you're avoiding at least to a certain point in a draft? Yeah, I got the exact answer for that. So a lot of people have like a pimp lip or whatever you want to call it. So what you what you need to do. So I, I'm not factoring that video in a lot, but to to be assigned. See, I'm not like I'm very exact, non-biased. I, you know, I like so we're going to use a scientific method here. Show me a clip of him walking in street clothes, <laughs> and then compare it to that. Right. Like before yeah. before um, like week 15 regular season. So that shouldn't be hard to find. So we find that and then compare it to that. Did he have a limp back then? Because some people kind of walk like that. Yes, he is limping in the video. So it may mean something. It may not. Regardless, I don't care about the video. Todd Gurl is a guy I'm probably avoiding because knee is serious. Arthritis is serious. And um, like I'm not a doctor. I know anything about this stuff, but I do work with uh, a lot of chiropractors, a lot of doctors, uh, doctors on my podcast, uh, you know, talk about specific football injuries like Gronk and whatnot. And um, I also work with people in the stem cell industry. So all this stuff could help them. Um, obviously, it's it's more probably more concerning if you're in a keeper dynasty league but he's just a guy i'm avoiding in the first round like uh what is it like number seven let's just say is like a good place people are ranking him and drafting him right number seven overall seven to nine yeah definitely yeah and that's just like no that's too much i'd rather just get the top wide receiver or just any other running back like joe mixon or somebody because it's it's just way too serious like that's way too much risk for me like and we saw it all happen i think people aren't weighing the the pros and cons properly yeah there's a risk versus reward scale that i always tell people to use and and when you have no evidence of him returning to form, that's where the problem lies. That's where he's loaded with more risk than reward. If he had come back and maybe shown some signs that he was doing good in the Super Bowl, um, you know, there wasn't this whole, like, secret of, you know, what's going on with Todd Gurley? Nothing's going wrong. Nothing's going on with me. And then, <laughs> and then he's clearly injured. He's got arthritis, which doesn't get better in the knee. I believe the only cure for arthritis is to replace the joint. Um, I know you can try and slow it down. You can use meds. You can try and, you know, help keep things at bay but arthritis doesn't get fixed in the knee that's not something that they have to, and i have a lot of history with knee issues i've torn my acl my mcl my lcl snapped my patellar tendon off my kneecap and my other knee i know quite a bit about knees unfortunately and i do know that if you have arthritis and you have issues of carrying the football at all and you're you're not going to get better you're only going to get worse and even if he bounces back let's say does some stem cell whatever 
the odds of him being ready for week one for a full workload are, I think, slim to none. And then you throw him in there late to the, in the game of the offseason, and he's not prepared. He's going to get hurt. You know, I just don't see how this could end well for anybody. Yeah, the what's game. the best-case scenario? There like, they it. take it. They t- no, no, no. Yeah. Like, what's the best-case scenario for a Todd Gurley owner for, for redraft leagues? He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't get a full workload. <clears throat> he takes a couple games off. He's not as explosive, or he's a little bit more hesitant to cut. What is that? That is not a first-round right. pick. That is not. It's not, and you know who another another guy I think uh, since we're on this topic and uh, is James Conner to me is not a safe first round pick as well. A guy that was on my number two, he's my number two bold prediction for 2018. I've challenged anybody to find stuff that is written bolder on him than I wrote last year. Um, but James Conner to me, he has, is at a level where you're paying for a guy that has tons of red flags, and I think that with your first-round pick, like you said, it needs to be somebody safe. It needs to be somebody that doesn't have a lot of risk. And with Jalen Samuels tearing it up at the end of the year, filling in for him, Connor proving he could hold up, yeah, guys get hurt. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to always get hurt, but he did get hurt when trying to shoulder the workload. And then Eddie Faulkner is the running back's coach, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was Jalen Samuels' coach back in college at NC State. I just think that the the writing is on the wall for him to be one of those risky guys that if you put your, your first round pick on the line, it could burn you if you don't cuff the two. And it might be tough to cuff the two because Jalen Samuels will be a very popular pick given how good of a receiving back he is. And they lost Antonio Brown. They might utilize him all over the field, even if they throw Connor out there as their number one starter. And then the last thing I'll add, and then I'll get your take, is that there's been no, like, anointed, here's our starter. James Connor is the guy. Like, everyone's assuming that that will be the case. And one of my predictions is going to be that, that that kind of becomes cloudy in the coming weeks and months. But I'd love to get your take on James Connor because a lot of people do like him. I don't believe what. When people say that anyway, he's the bell cow. He'll be fine. Just like how Todd Gurley was going to be fine for Super Bowl. And that didn't happen. So, um, but yeah, yeah, Todd Gurley, just real, like, um, Super Bowl was the ultimate test. Like, that, that takes out all the BS. It takes out everything. And he didn't perform Super Bowl. So that's a pretty good test. Like, we've seen that with Todd Gurley. Anyway, uh, with the, with this James Conner thing. So where where would you draft James Conner? There's got to be a play. Like, Todd sure. Gurley, like, for me, I'm drafting him in the third round. That's not right. going to happen. Right, so right. No, where would you and, draft Conner? And, uh, and, you know, and I've got a lot of hate on that when they say, where would you draft Gurley? Because there is a line in the sand. And it's not flip-flopping. Um, I find it so funny when someone says you flip-flop when you like a guy and you don't like a guy. It depends on ADP. Everything is about ADP. Everything. If it's about James, 100% if yeah, James, about ADP. Yeah. yeah. If James Conner fell to the uh, late second round, I would probably take him because I would then overreach and, and cuff him to Jalen Samuels. He's not going to fall to the bottom of the second round, just like you said with Todd yeah. Gurley. Todd Gurley I would take in the third round, and I've said that, and I've got ripped apart from people. Oh, I'm never taking your device ever again in some comments on uh, Instagram on that, which is funny because da- I said I'd rather have Dalvin Cook than than Todd Gurley. Now, are there scenarios where I think I would trade draft Todd Gurley to trade him? Uh, yeah, there, there are scenarios that enter my mind, but if I drafted Todd Gurley at all, it would be to trade him because I can maximize the value. But here's the one phenomenon I think is so funny in fantasy football, and a lot of people don't. There's like a gap, a gap where a gap in logic to where somebody you'd have five or six owners 
not willing to pass on Todd Grady in a draft because they don't want to look stupid. They feel like they have to take him. But as soon as the draft is over, if you are one of those five owners, the other four owners won't trade for him for anything. And it's just a funny thing. So if you go ahead and draft Todd Gurley, don't just assume because other people would have drafted him that you're going to be able to trade him for what, even close to what you want. So that's that's, that's a league to that's league culture. That's yeah, it's league to league because you. I always tell people. Um, they ask me like a complicated like math question, and I like the numbers, but yeah. I'm like, hey, you're trading with humans, yeah, and they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we could talk about this. I, I said we could talk about this uh, trade scenario for 80 minutes, 100 minutes, and uh, tell you exactly what I think. And at the end of the day, the guy could just be like, no, I don't like you, yeah, or you know, your mom's yeah. ugly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know who you're, or, like, yeah, or the guy uh, like one know. of the guys in my my buddy leagues that I do is like. I don't feel like trading. You could offer him your entire team. Like, I want to see how this plays out in week one. That that guy's the never trader guy in your league. That just... yeah, I call it trade hater. Trade yeah. hater. And sometimes a, le- a league, like I have one league, my main league is a trade hating league. So it is It is what it is. I'm fine with it. You just got to know. You just got to be in – you just got to keep yourself in check. Let's get back to Connor. So I disagree with Connor a little bit. I like him more. Um, let me put it like this. So I'm not in love with Connor. So I think like Lev Bell's ahead of Connor in my book. I guess some people, I guess it's kind of mixed. You know, a lot of people think Connor's ahead of Bell, Bell's ahead of Connor. So I don't love Connor necessarily. And you made some good points, but if you're drafting a running back, you want to Connor and is Connor's there at the end of the first beginning of the second, which is kind of pushing into being a second rounder already. But I'm saying like, that's kind of your guy. There's not really any workhorses left there. Uh, I guess, you know, Derek Henry, more risk, but could be better. I guess he's being drafted way later, I assume. Top of the fourth. That's kind of late. Oh, he's on my list. You wanted, me, you wanted me to talk about sleepers? And, oh, yeah, uh, we, okay. we can. He's on mine, too. I love that's, it. No, that's, yeah, that's actually a bad example because that's way too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. Well, no, so it's I'll, actually I'll, a good, uh, but who? It's actually, Last, let me sum it up yeah, like this real quick. So if you're going to not take Connor, I think you got to take a top wide receiver there because there's maybe not too many running backs to take in that range. I mean, it depends. You know, it, d- it depends on. So we talked about, oh, it's all about ADP. Also, flow of the draft. So depending on the flow of the draft, there's a good chance there's going to be just Connor right there or an elite wide receiver. So you would have to take that elite wide receiver unless you're going to go reach for yeah, Derrick Henry. And that's second round might, I don't know. He'll, he'll, his ADP will jump. You know how ADPs go. Just like NFL draft, how someone's stock goes up or down, like all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's is one of those guys whose stock will go up. He'll be like an early third rounder or maybe probably actually second. I see him like more close to a second rounder. I think a level off in the third at some point, but I think that you're to your point. If you want to pass on a running back that's there, and you go with like let's say a uh, you know uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has fallen that far in some drafts, you know if you took Odell at the top of the second or something, and then take your running back in the fourth versus take your running back in the second and your in your wide receiver in the fourth. So I think that 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 is a good approach, especially Devonta Freeman and and Henry are both falling. They're like the last of the top five to ten running back potential guys that are falling into the top of the fourth round, which I think is an insane value for both That's those guys. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Freeman's crazy because uh, Coleman's not there anymore. So it's just like, hey, man, if he doesn't get hurt, you're balling. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. 
and and attach Edo Smith to him, which you know he's not an insane player that's going to go nuts if he gets in there, but he'll be efficient enough. So if you can handcuff the two together, you're covered at your running back yeah. too. And I think that that is, and that's uh, I believe you commented on one of the posts. I think uh, Fantasy Football State of Mind reposted one of my topics of drafting Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, I made people choose. You had Mahomes in an auction and no running backs. And then you had Mike Thomas and Antonio Brown, and I think it was uh, 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 DeAndre Hopkins. But you spe- let me let me sum up your post because yeah. uh, people were like, you know, I'm in touch with this ADD community. So <laughs> so basically, it was a good post. So basically, you had Mahomes in both scenarios. Yep. Okay, you had Mahomes and the dopest two running backs. That's A. And then you had Mahomes. And the dopest three wide receivers, or let's just, you know, three super elite wide receivers. And you're like, choose. So essentially, which, and I said, you know, at my first instinct, which is like the dumb instinct, which is a lot of people commenting, we're choosing, um, I think, man, what did I choose? I choose, did not chose, I chose the wide receivers. Yeah, I chose the wide receivers because I was like, oh, you'll be able to trade that. Like, how often you're going to have three elite wide receivers? So it's like, all you, with that, with the three wide receivers in Mahomes, all you're tasked to doing is drafting one sleeper running back. Right. If you can get one startable running back, you'll make that team work because you can draft a you can get lucky or you can draft a deep sleeper running back um, later, or you trade one of your wide receivers for an awesome running back. People are always willing to do that that don't have because what and what, and this is another thing that's kind of crazy. Once you draft those three wide receivers. The white the scenario kind of changes and is like oh there's only three or four more left so it's like there's going to be teams without wide receiver ones mm-hmm. like even more so that like there already is there's already going to be one or two crappy teams in your league yeah but if you get those three wide receivers there's a higher chance that there's going to be more people that don't even have a wide receiver one so they're and, so desperate and to get. there's a higher chance of you triggering a trend where people are taking all wide receivers and that literally you're waiting you know 10 12 picks for your pick and only like one or two running backs go so it's a way to kind of change the dynamic of the draft. Well, and the flow. Yeah, those high-end RB2s yeah. and low-end RB1s will be available. Yeah, so like Freeman, Derrick Henry, you know, yeah. all those guys will be there yeah. to take for cheap too so probably. That's one of my favorite approaches in, in 2019, especially in an auction. You can pull it off more in an auction. You can do some trading to get some, some draft picks up high enough to do that kind of uh, maneuvering. But in an auction – and I'm a big fan of, of Pat Mahomes investing in an auction. At him. I know there's a lot of QBs that have value. I get it. I hear it. I've been doing this for 15 years. I hear it over and over again. Yet year after year, people regurgitating, you have to wait on a quarterback. But what I tell people is drafting Mahomes earlier or bidding on him in an auction is not a bad approach. It, nothing's a bad approach. You have to draft to your strength. And if you're a good wide receiver drafter, sleeper wide receivers that are your thing, then you do need to draft to your strength and, and draft wide running backs early. Um, or if you're the guy at landing sleeper running backs, it sounds like you and I are, are the same in that. Um, then going wide receiver, wide receiver, even wide receiver again can work for guys like us because we're we're stacking the Jalen Samuels uh, this year and the James Connors of last year. Um, I load up on all the redraft rookie running backs because one of those guys is going to pop. Um, and like you said, a Freeman or a Henry is going to fall or somebody of that you know caliber of that nature. So I, I tell people, make sure you draft to your strength and don't listen to anybody that tells you there is one way to go. Like you can't take a quarterback early. That's stupid. Um, you can take a quarterback early if it works for you. 
Um, but uh, that scenario, I got more flack on having Mahomes involved at all than people answering the questions and not liking you know the player. What does that have to do with anything? I know it's a non-factor. Yeah. Mahomes is sexy. It makes the post more sexy. Gets it more likes. Yeah. Like, what do you what do you want him to put? Matt Stafford? What? I don't understand why people got because A has Mahomes and B yeah. has Mahomes, and it's like it should just get you. It's a social media post. It should just get you excited that you're getting Mahomes. Yeah. So I don't understand why people got mad at some fictional thing posted in like March or April. I don't even understand. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we are interviewing Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch. What did you start, Hussein the Brain? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how long you guys have been on YouTube, and how long your site's been going, and a little bit about what you guys do and offer. Yeah, like in 2008, I was part of the um, the school newspaper. Like someone was like, "Hey, there's a video editing job. You should join." I was like, "No, that's stupid." And then there, I was like, "All right, I'll join." So I learned a lot about journalism, and I was like, kind of gave me free reign. So my buddy was like, "Hey, my classmate, my friend was like, hey, let's start a fantasy football show." So we started doing that. And as you know, like there was hardly anybody doing fantasy football on YouTube. So like even with not knowing what you're doing, you still got a bunch of views on there. So it was like kind of successful. And then we were like, let's just start our own thing after we we're graduating college. So we started that and it was a lot of ups and downs. Like the show wasn't that good. And, but we just kept sticking to it. And like the cliche that people say, okay, when, when things are the worst, um, and when you were about to quit, that's when you usually have your breakthrough and that's totally true because um and let me know like correct me if i'm wrong but like all the fantasy people i talk to if things aren't going well they quit in two to four years on average that's like the right time frame i'm all about numbers you know like fantasy numbers go together (laughs) so it's like two to four like i've never really seen anybody go five years or more if things are just crap so we went what's the math on that we you know we're going five six seven years right pushing the envelope (laughs) yeah and it's like it's not going bad but it's like not anywhere like it's just not fire and it's like you know i have high standards it's got to be fire like it's got to be big numbers or big money or just something like it's got to be just just really really good um something's got to be going really well and it's not like it's not a full-time job you know, some, you know, some good stuff, but, you know, I'm just trying to sum it up. So anyway, we do a lot of parody videos. You've probably seen me. Like, I'm, I write some sarcastic comments. You know, I do some funny stuff here and there. So, like, we love comedy. And we always did Pacquiao parodies, Tiger Woods parodies, like that Nike commercial Tiger Woods did. And, like, they always got a good views. And so – we're defeated, and we're like, let's go one more, one more Mayweather-Pacquiao fight coming up, and we're like, let's do one more parody. So we're just going through the motions because me and my buddy Mike, we've been doing this from day one. This is how it started, and he comes over. I set up the green. You know, like you know, like it's not yeah, like not a lot of talking, not a lot of joking. It's like, hey, we're doing this. We're tired. So okay, I do the green screen. You know, get that ready to go. 
<clears throat> he's got his Pacquiao wig on, his Pacquiao coat, and we feel, and then we start having fun. You know, he starts like trying to fry some eggs with the gloves on. Uh, you know, he's he's like drinking Hennessy. He's doing like he's lifting weights, and uh, he's got the belts on. Like it was, and it just it just went viral. Like not viral in the sense that you know usually people think one to ten million views, but it got fifty thousand views overnight. Uh-huh. And everybody was saying it's fire. You, you know, we got – go ahead. Do you know where that got picked up? Was it just through YouTube-related uh, search or searches or did somebody well, we post know, something? We know what we're doing. So this is the plan. This is like super, super top – this is like really valuable information. It's, it's easier said than done. So like we've done this so many times. We knew what the deal was. So what we did was we filmed three different videos – but I mean, like they're very, like barely different with a draw ending, a win ending, and a loss ending. Mm-hmm. And we had it ready to go, and I upload it right as soon as the fight finished. So that way, you know, when people are searching, there's like a crazy peak, like it's an insane peak. As soon as a big fight like that's done, there's so many searches all over the place. So that's yeah. really just, you know, like it's so simple, but it's like you know, it's easier you know said than done. And that's what this one guy did. It like he did an Obama parody. He knew that Obama's probably going to get elected so he did an Obama rap parody and it blew up like 20 million views like instantly mm-hmm. like so that's we did that and it worked and it gave us the spark to keep going yeah. uh, by the way you got to watch that video it's it's so okay. dope like everyone I'll put a kids link. to to adults love that video they said it's hilarious people say they watched yeah. it 20 times in a row and we've never got that type of reaction you know yeah. like so and then we just kept going and then um you know, I came out with uh, certain things like people are cop right now. Um, I, I came out with it's called Let's Draft, and people copied that right now on YouTube. Like, I'm probably not the first person to draft on a video, but I'm yeah. the first person to put my face on there. And I got that from the gaming channels. Like, I try yeah. to incorporate like cool YouTube stuff in my channel. So I'm a YouTuber first and foremost. And so like people like and, and I, we've always been knocked off, and it's just it pisses me off because people knock us off and knock me off before i make a lot of money like if i made a ton of money and people knock me off, all right i got you know i ate a good amount of the cake here's a piece like it's gonna happen but like i've had to get so many trademarks and no one's giving me credit for the let's draft um series and like you know it's just going on but it's it's cool i'm not mad like i'm not it's not a sob story it's just like i gotcha you know like we've seen success but there's been like some huge road bumps before I feel like the real success has come. Yeah, and I, I don't know, again, how much you know about my history or even some of the people watching from your side of the fence, but uh, I, I'm a dinosaur in this industry, and a lot of people don't know that because my, <gasps> my The Fantasy Football Show channel is new. But um, because I came from a different place, I came from the, uh, the from Fantasy Football Starters, which closed its doors about two or three years ago. Um, so I've started this brand, and I'm trying <sighs> to get it up, up and running, but uh, – I used to run uh, Fantasy Football Extreme back in 2004, 2005, and I actually invented the first instant trade calculator and first instant draft simulator, at least that I could find documentation on that was on like a big site being used. Somebody might have been toying with it in their garage. What year was the uh, draft simulator? Uh, the trade the tra- thing I kind of see, I feel like that's easy. I yeah. feel like the draft simulator is more significant. Yeah, so, like, I want to say was that? 2004, 2005, right, right around that range. There oh, were, man, there- that's old as hell. 
Hey, I, I know. And I, I've never heard of Draft Simulator till I've seen it on Fantasy right. Pros five right. years ago. So That's you can imagine crazy. my my frustration seeing the industry blow up because I'm an innovator. I love to innovate, make new things, do new things. Hence, while I'm throwing out this new fantasy football show brand, uh, because I want to I want to dominate the video space as well as I've done like radio. I've done radio for 15 straight years. I'm on 1580 CBS Sports, uh, the longest running fantasy football radio show in the world that we can find any documentation on 23 plus years i've been on it for 15 so i'm like you man i'm an innovator it's in my blood um and it, it pisses me off too that you know you see so many people using and i couldn't i couldn't uh i was you know 20 some early 20s couldn't patent a trade calculator i couldn't patent a draft simulator um you know nor do i think you could protect something that all the way around uh so that people can't come up with it but there were a couple sites there were like football guys had like the draft dominator that you download and there was some kind of trade analysis probably in that um i i think there was a couple of the site that actually acquired my site that i worked for had a draft analyze or a draft and trade analyzer that would do it slightly different mine was instant you click any number of players on one side any number of players on another and it tells you what the value is and i have that on my site now um, and it's very much enhanced from the, that time. But I'm like you, man. I mean, doing that stuff from the beginning and trying to get ahead. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm blessed to have a huge following behind me. I just, uh, you know, like I said, having this video show is my next step. And I'm planning on taking it by storm and, and doing doing great things with it. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, being a part of it Uh and just uh, getting a few few faces like you on the show has been pretty good. And I interviewed uh, a couple guys from Football Guys last time, um, but uh, you know, glad to have you here, man. Dude, one of, we're one of the top fantasy football channels now. That's like great. Uh, twenty, not not huge, but like medium sized now. So uh, what are we at? Twenty four thousand subs great. on YouTube and, and keep growing. And then. Um, I came out with a uh, with this book, uh, best selling author. Show it up to though, the, like, put it up to the. Yeah. Uh, Why well, didn't I? I don't like. Like I don't really want to promote promote yeah, my man. book till the end. Like you know, I have to have people like me first. Yeah. Before I like. No problem. But, um, but the th- why I really want to show off the book is like, um, like I I can read well. I mean, I can write well, but like I have super ADD, super OCD. Yeah. I can never read a whole book. Like so, like reading is like really really tough. It's like torture after like two minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Like it's so hard to read, and uh, just accomplishing that just goes to show. Like people that know me are like, "Wow, you really like wrote a book? Like that's crazy yeah. for you." Like editing, I can edit a video because that's what I used to do, uh, music and and videos. So I, you know, I went to film school, so I can edit a video five days straight. You know, barely eating, sleeping. Like that's not. Like I can do that, but reading a book, you know, proofreading it and, and writing it, that was really tough. And then for it to be a, a bestseller was just like a dream come true. It's That's just awesome, surreal. Man. Like, um, it's great. We beat like uh, Harry Potter. It was that J.K. Rowling. She came out with like a, a how to play one of these fantasy yeah. games, but it just so happened to be in the same category. And Sal Palantonio was did did it the same week, and then uh, Carson Wentz wrote like a forward. That's great. And like beat all them. Like you have to be bestseller for like a week or a day or something. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, yeah, I've I've written a couple things that I never I never got published, but uh, someday hope to. But. Yeah, I mean, running out of time is a lot. Do you, how many guys do you have working for Fantasy Couch? 
It's really just me now. Okay. Like we got rid of a, a lot of the writers left and it's been so much better. And my buddy Mike, of course, like we do a podcast together and he helps out with a lot of stuff. But it's mainly like it's more like a personal brand. Yeah. Uh, just me on the videos usually. And like once we stop trying to be something we're not and have a bunch of right. Like we had yeah. 11 writers total at one point. It just was so much better. And that coincidentally aligned with the same time we just took off yeah. from 3,000 subs to 6,000 to 9,000 and then it just went to you know like 16,000 yeah. subs 24,000 subs like that where'd like, you get, where'd you get your pop so I started in January um, with this new channel uh, so really starting from scratch um, and I, I have about 6 uh, 30 something in 3 months that good to your standards, and when did it pop for you? Because it's what's crazy. thirty something. What does that mean? What, what, no, I said I have six thirty, six hundred thirty subs. Very small number, but for three months. So I think we're popping quickly for the amount of months we're on. But for being only being up oh. for three months, where did you get your pop? Was it a thousand? Was it three thousand? Was the, it five? The thing, yeah, this is how I put it. And, and there's so many different perspectives to put anything in. This is my hands down perspective so whatever however you want to grind it whatever you think is you know it's it's up to you but it's ten thousand or bust once we be when we're at nine thousand people talk to us differently and they're like you know we're more like just some guys it was just a 10k mark it's like a um it's like a superficial number like it was a huge celebration to us but more huger to to everyone else how they perceived us because once that digit grows you know it yeah. says 9k or 9,000, whatever you know like the digit looks different uh-huh. it says 10k and it sums it up instead of 9,000 whatever it was just totally different people hated us differently like we don't get a lot of haters nowadays yeah like we got we used to get a lot and i used to suck like i used to suck at hosting the videos and doing that because mike used to host them he left but it's bro 10k uh the sponsors the partnership the way people talk the way people perceive the views everything changed once we passed the tank i call yeah. it the 10k barrier yeah like the sound barrier so it's how much you want to grind and get to yeah. 10 that that's all that is is, is what do you want to put in how much do you want to wait do you want to improve or whatever you got to do to get to 10k that's up to you but yeah. that's the goal it's 10k or bust i don't care if you're at 9k or 9 yeah it doesn't matter well, you got to get to 10k i do pride myself on not being out hustled in this business in this industry and having the experience to weather through the ups and downs of growing something from scratch because i've done it four times now um so i definitely uh definitely have your passion and i'm, I'm the same way I, I watch a lot of people come and go uh and you know people close their doors all the time and um I, you know i've been here for 15 years i'm not going anywhere and i'm grinding every day doing this stuff so i do plan to have the numbers that you have um, and I, you know, strive to get there really fast. So, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate any help you can send my way. Get get a couple subs uh, <laughs> my way from today's show. Um, 